Hi, welcome to Getting It Together. I'm your host, Erin Heidelberger, the OG Git Mom. What is Git Mom? It's a philosophy, a way of life, and a national movement, if I do say so myself, that's helping moms everywhere get it together. G-I-T. Get it? I'm a certified parent coach and the founder of Get Mom. I empower moms to feel in control in this totally out of control experience we call motherhood. I want to welcome you to a whole new way of thinking about parenting. The secret formula to creating a happy family is, wait for it, to put yourself front and center. Get Mom is the only coaching company in the country focusing on mom's happiness rather than her kids. I give moms simple one, two, three steps to parent more effectively and efficiently. The end goal is always to carve out happy mommy time for you because happy, confident, independent moms raise well-adjusted, self-assured, and happy children. Every podcast, I'll be inviting my guests to talk about how they get off Mommy Island, how they put the me in mommy, and what they do to get it together. My dream for this podcast is to be the answer to your parenting woes. So let's get into it. Ellie Levine is killing it in the world of fashion. After designing for big industry names at Target, she moved to Hollywood to launch Ellie Levine Design, leading to her work being seen in major films like Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, and X-Men First Class. Justin Timberlake and Kanye West have featured her designs too. Now she's on to her next adventure, welcoming her second baby girl. I'm so excited to have Allie on the podcast to discuss her career, her motherhood journey with her first child, Amelia, what she's excited to see in maternity wear, and how she's staying calm while pregnant during the coronavirus pandemic and more. Allie, welcome to the show. Hi, Irene. Thank you so much for having me. Well, welcome. Let's kick off with what everyone is talking about. How has coronavirus impacted your family? And has this made your job as a mom harder, easier, more aggravating, whatever it is? How are you dealing with all of this? <laughs> I think, I think, uh, you know, I think everyone is feeling the same from at least the conversations I've had with several people who have messaged me, you know, on my social media and blog and everything else. Uh, it is a very trying time for everyone. And there are some days where I feel like I'm productive, like today, getting on with you at a decent hour and, you know, podcasting and starting my morning. Um, and there are some days where, you know, especially being so pregnant, not going to lie, I'm in bed, you know, till, you know, 10, 11 a.m. And, you know, my husband lets, you know, Amelia run around our bedroom and destroy things. And I'm, you know, half asleep and I'm just like, oh, well, I'm doing the best that I can. And I think that's really kind of the message is, we're all doing the best that I, we can. This is a pandemic. This is not a normal situation. Um, this is not anything any of us could have been prepared for as parents or not parents. Um, and I think in parenthood, it's especially hard. 
And I've had to really work on my own, you know, self and really tell myself to give myself grace and really continuously tell myself like, it's okay. Like you're super pregnant also. Like you're having, you were having a hard time managing being super pregnant with your toddler as is and making things happen. So now you add this and it's like total shit show, you know? And so I- It's like um, mind blown, like- Exactly. Yeah. I'm just like, whoa, you know, this is supposed to be handled. What? Um, you know, so it's like, I have, I have my up and down days, you know, today, this morning, starting this podcast with you, I, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm feeling like, okay, cool. I'm being productive. We've been trying to make this happen for quite a bit, you know, and it's happening. And, you know, like, again, then there's some days where I'm like, oh my gosh, I got nothing done. I had all this content to create. That's really the only work now that I'm doing from home. I'm so thankful that I'm able to still work from home, at least for my social media content and brands and my podcast. So it's like some days I do so much of that. And then other days I have no energy. I have no motivation. I wish I could have a glass of wine and, you know, um, and I, you know, and I honestly, um, you know, I have to get you know, sit in bed and cry or scream, um, and, and just, you know, release. And I think that for me, the best way so far to be able to handle this or somewhat manage it is just to realize that every day is not going to be normal. Scheduling is not going to be the same that it used to be when I was, you know, just being, Alley and running, you know, all my businesses out of my home. My husband was at work and out of my space. Now he's home and we're doing the best we can do with him working upstairs, you know, in our loft. And he hates working from home too. He likes being able to get up and go and do what he needs to do and see people. And, you know, it's quite the adjustment on him too. So I think that, you know, we're doing the best we can do. Some days are good. Some days suck. And I'm trying to find the silver linings in us being together as a family of three with Amelia, because baby girl is <laughs> coming quite soon. And, you know, our lives will, of course, forever change after that as well. So I'm just, you know, it's like some people are like, oh, what do you do to stay sane? And I'm like, I meditate constantly. Oh my God. I am the hugest subscriber of Headspace. And I say to all my clients. I love Calm and Mm -hmm. I love Journey Live. Um, And I I just, they're guided meditations. I also love Debbie Bernstein, of course, um, when she sends out different, you know, things to focus on. But I think that really centering your space, you know, and your mind as much as you want to cry and scream, even just for a few minutes is so helpful. Um, even if you only get five minutes in, like yesterday, I got all four minutes and that was that, but it was still something versus nothing. Um, and journaling and, you know, taking baths and just finding those little moments, especially obviously as moms, it's hard for all of us to carve out those moments to really be intentional right now about that self-care. Cause I think that's like one of the only things that's getting me through right now, besides the fact that of course, you know, I have my husband, thank God to support me, you know, physically. So if I really can't do something being so pregnant, that is a silver lining for me that I wouldn't have had, he would have been at work and I would have been, you know, at home with Amelia and possibly, you know, a part, our part-time nannies that we have coming in and out. And so I keep telling myself, you know, there are silver linings in this real chaotic mess and darkness. I completely agree with all of it. And I think like the meditation portion of our lives, it has taught our brain to be here now, to be real about it, that this is a shit show, but what we're going through is not normal, but it's going to be okay. And so that we can 
keep moving this forward. Shall pass. Yeah. This I shall keep pass. Too. I keep telling myself that because the thing is, it's not going to stay like this forever. It so can't. We, no, it, it can't. Exactly. So we all have to kind of realize that as hard as that is, but I think it's hard to like, I, you know, being a social media influencer, I do social detox all the time now. Like I was already doing detox in general, but now because everyone's posting their anxieties and their feelings, which I think is great. You need to get it out, but I can't constantly take on all of it. Cause it's going to put us in this black hole of negativity. It does. And it happened to me last week. I was like spinning out of control. And I'm like, oh my God, are those my thoughts? Are those their thoughts? Like, what is it? You know? And then same with the media, like only can watch so much, you know, like choose what, how much you're going to watch and that's it. And finding that headspace for yourself, especially if you can get into meditation, whether it be guided or not, it really does set you up more than you realize. And it makes you focus on the present instead of just going, oh my gosh, this, 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 because that's what we all do in our daily lives. And I think if there's anything to take away from this pandemic is everyone's really starting to check into their health. People are really starting to really be like, oh, maybe I should be doing this. And oh, well, that makes me feel good. So maybe I should be doing that. So maybe, you know, I think that in a way, a lot of us will come out for the better. And we'll have learned a lot about ourselves if we've allowed ourselves to, and we'll be able to take those lessons to move ourselves forward. All right. So let's go back to simpler days and start at the (laughs) beginning, how your family began. So tell us all about your family. Okay. All about my family. You know, Justin and I met, uh, he's my boyfriend in New York, uh, back in 2009. Oh God, that sounds so long ago now. And we met through like a mutual friend um, at my apartment in um, Hoboken outside of the city where I lived. Long story short, you know, over time we started dating and, you know, um, I was working in fashion, as you said, I was working in corporate design at the time. After I left Target, I started working all over New York City in different corporate design positions and product development. So I was working at Coach, I was working at Talbot, Cost, all these different amazing places. And so that's what I was doing when I met him. But I knew I was kind of coming to an end. The stock market had crashed uh, you know, in New York around that time. Jobs were really changing. Also kind of a you know crazy time and, and it, I was you know young and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I said to Justin, you know, I really want to like get more into the entertainment industry and I want, you know, styling wasn't really a thing. It wasn't really like a name. I was like, I just want to like shop and do fashion and this and that. And so I just want to shop and spend other people's money. Exactly. Pretty much. I mean, what's wrong with that? You know, there's no real name for it that time, but that's what I wanted to do. Exactly. So, you know, Justin, and I told Justin, like, I just want to, you know, get an opportunity and go. And I did. And I, you know, worked John, like you said, in New York, Wall Street Money Never Sleeps got to work on that amazing movie, had quite a few movies and television shows after that. And then I got asked to go to Atlanta and I worked at Big Mama's house with Martin Lawrence and his whole team. And that was the team that took me to Los Angeles, fast forward. And they asked me to like invest, you know, my time in them and work with them. And so I said to Justin, like, Hey, I'm going to go to LA. And he was like, you're going to go to LA. And I was like, uh, and he's like, I'll go with you. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, he's like my boyfriend of only, you know, a little under a year, you know, we had just started like living together. I was shocked that he was going to pack up and go to LA. He's never been past like Florida at this point. Oh my gosh. That's oh, I know. I love that. His mom, <laughs> his mom calls me and she's like, well, 
I guess my son loves you because um, he's going, you know, 3,000 miles away. No pressure, no big deal. And so fast forward, came out to LA together, got, you know, a little apartment and, you know, just started working as customer and all these movies. Eventually, as you said, Ali Bean Design was born. I started working with a bunch of different amazing stylists, you know, under the Kardashians, kind of rest, all these big names. And, you know, Justin and I, you know, got married and the whole thing. And Justin always wanted a family. I was always about my career and my, my career being my baby before having, you know, my daughter, Amelia. And Justin always knew he wanted a family, you know, he wanted that with, for us. And I knew down the road I would, I just wasn't in that space right away. And so, you know, fast forward some time, lots of time into my career and investing into my career and myself. And then we got on a crazy show on on Bravo called Stripped. Um, oh, and no. <laughs> I think I think that that kind of sped things up as far as where I was um, and having you know a family and getting pregnant because I think again obviously not the same as the pandemic but it took everything away from us in the show. Uh-huh. And everything, you know, was stripped away for 21 days. And, you know, how do you recenter? How do you learn? You know, what do you take away from it? And I think for us, it was that I had to kind of get vulnerable with myself. I had to be real about, I wanted, you know, my career and I was afraid to have a baby and all these things. And the, then the juggle um, struggle. Right. The juggle struggle, which everybody, you know, I think goes through you when's the right time. There's never a right time. And so, you know, after the, right after the show, you know, boom, we were pregnant and, um, you know, yeah. And then of course the biggest blessing ever, and I would never change anything, but I had no idea, I think entering into that show, how much it was actually going to change my life versus just being on, you know, kind of a crazy reality docu-series TV show. And so, um, you know, fast forward, had Amelia and, it's honestly been such a blessing to be her mama. Justin and I really enjoy being parents together, being a team together, and just watching her grow. She just turned two this past week, which is so crazy to me. And it's just so cool to see her grow as this little person and see her personality and all the things that we've been teaching her. She's named after my grandmother who passed away almost eight years ago, who was my very best friend. You know, so for me, like Amelia really has a special place in my heart as far as her namesake and everything. And, um, you know, I just feel like it was such a blessing when I got pregnant after the show. And I feel like it was all so meant to be, even though it felt so chaotic and out of control at the time. And then, you know, fast forward after having Amelia and, you know, becoming parents, we were like, hey, let's do this crazy shit all over again. Why not? Let's roll it <laughs> Why dice. not? You know, we were very blessed that we got pregnant um, pretty quickly, quick, quicker than we thought we would. We kind of just thought, oh, we'll have some fun and see what happens. And uh, thank God. But at the same time, it was like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Yeah, exactly. So my husband, Brian, and I, we got married. And then two weeks later, we were pregnant. And, and oh we my both, God. right. And we were both like, what, what? Even though, like, looking back, because then I did struggle with our second and third sons. Not me. I should not say that I struggled. We struggled. Yeah. So same thing. We're like, what? But I know it's like crazy, but you're like, well, but this is a blessing because you think about all the people who do struggle together for so long and your heart goes out to them. And so it's like, okay, it's got a good problem, you know? And so, you know, got got pregnant, you know, um, with her pretty quickly and before we, you know, before we know it, she's due some time in, in mid-May in this crazy world. And that's our, you know, our, our next uh, extension of our family. And I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm excited.
excited. I'm anxious. Of course, my emotions are elevated being with what's going on, but I'm very excited for her to join our family. Um, I feel very honored to be raising girls. I feel like, you know, officially, but we have a little fashionista tribe, as you said. And I also feel like just, I feel honored, like the universe has given me girls to raise. Like, you know, there must be lessons and there must be so much going on, you know, in the world with women. I feel like it's such an empowering time to get to raise two girls. So I'm very excited and I'm excited to see their bond. Um, I'm excited for her to melt my husband even more because Aww. my husband is basically like putty with Amelia. So I can only imagine now when she's here. So it's over. It's, uh, it's over for you, Justin. It's yeah, over. Exactly. Yeah. Came over, wave your white flag, you know, yeah. um, she's kicking right now as, as we're speaking. And she's, she's like, like yes, I'm right here. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. I, I've joined the party already, yeah. you know? So um, it's, uh, yeah. So that's, you know, our family in a nutshell. And I'm, I'm so grateful for everything that's gone on, you know, in our family. And as wild as this ride has been, and even from starting following me to California and not knowing what we were doing and living in a tiny apartment, you know, it's like, it's all worked out. You know, we've worked very hard for everything that we've made happen. And I think we'll continue to instill that in our girls and work hard to, to be able to be grateful to be a family, you know? And um, I think again, during this time, Justin and I are really enjoying getting to just be a family of three, have movie nights and watch movies with Amelia that we wouldn't normally do and have little dance parties and, you know, just silly things that are just fun as our little family. I'm so grateful to have that. I agree. I think you are amazing. I can feel how much love you have for Amelia and your family and all of your social media. And it's like so crazy to listen to your story, how you're like, ah, I, I wasn't really like pining. I was not at all. No, like at all. Like, and people, people watch me on Bravo are like, oh my God, you didn't You're want the to same be person? at all. Yeah. They're like, they were like, you like really weren't in the headspace. And I'm like, it's wild. I really wasn't. And you know, I, that's why I really do believe like, you know, universe, God, whatever you want to believe, I really do believe gave me that show, not just to be on a, you know, a crazy show with my husband on Bravo, but it was to set me up to be in this world of motherhood. All right. Well, so, you know, my followers know that I love and I live by the motto of getting it together. Oh, I'm yes. Really vocal about my three different experiences with postpartum depression. I have a therapist, Dr. Monica. She has been with me for 12 years. She helped me find my home for anxiety so that I could better enjoy motherhood. So world Maternal Mental Health Week is coming up May 1 through 7. I'm wondering what was your postpartum experience like with Amelia and what did you do to protect your mental health? First off, I love what you're doing with all of that. I've seen that and I think it's amazing. I think it's so important for mothers and moms to be. And I also love that you came out and were like, I have a therapist and this is her name because I think we need to really continue to normalize that like, Therapy is totally okay. It's more, it than, okay, more than okay. Especially if you really need help. It's like, I don't know why people fight it so much. Like, I mean, I understand why, but when I think about it, you know, logically, right? It's like, you know, you don't feel good. You go to a, you know, a doctor, you know, like your back hurts, you go to a chiropractor, you know, like, you have a headache, you take a Tylenol. Right, exactly. You know, so it's like, why is it if you're mentally not feeling good and you're not in a good space, you would go to a therapist? Like that is what you would do. And so thank you for, you know, saying that. Thank you. 
So for me, I did go through pretty heavy postpartum depression with Amelia. I think after having a traumatic birth and also having so much pressure on myself coming from the entertainment world, coming from the celebrity styling world, I put just label on labels um, on myself that not necessarily other people were doing, but I was doing and not even realizing I was doing. And it put me into a really dark space. And so I did go through pretty heavy postpartum depression. I was not aware. My doula and my midwife kind of tried to, you know, coach me on it, um, you know, earlier on in my pregnancy, but I wasn't fully honestly aware to it, nor was I think accepting of it. You know, I'm the kind of person um, who is a quick fixer and it's like, let me just fix this and it'll be fine. I'll move on. And I'm working very hard on that part of Allie, you know, as I get further into motherhood of like, that doesn't always work and that's not always going to happen. And you're going to have to like get your big girl pants on and like deal. (laughs) Um, And so that's a process um, that I've definitely been learning. At least you're aware of it. You're like, all right. Postpartum depression, you know, I, I really started becoming aware that that was one of my things because like, you know, different people would want me to go to a therapist or they would want me to, you know, have a conversation with someone. And I'd be like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll go get a massage. You know, I'll go get a massage. Oh, I'll get my nails done. Oh, I'll, you know, go get my lashes done. Like all the beauty things that I love, all the different things that are like my happy place. And, right, like, and make you feel good. Exactly. Temporarily. Right. And then I go back into my dark hole without realizing it. And so I think that, you know, over time, obviously, as I realized I was actually going through postpartum depression and my, my husband and my support team and everyone around me were kind of like the mirrors I couldn't look at anymore. I was like, okay, I have to get help and I have to work through this. And so for me, you know, therapy was, you know, very helpful, um, working with different people for visualizations. That's where a lot of journaling came from a meditation really started to play into my own postpartum um, depression journey and helping me. CBD also very much helped me because I did not want to take, you know, for me personally, pharmaceutical drugs. So CBD really helped me and actually way more than I expected it to. And so I think that, you know, for me, of course, it was really first admitting to myself that I was depressed and I did have a problem. And the problem was actually for me personally, more with me than it was me with Amelia. You know, I was obsessed with her and could love on her all damn day and night long, but I couldn't put any love into Allie. And I couldn't, you know, be, I I couldn't feel good about me. I would look at pictures of me and just say horrible things. You know, I I couldn't change the conversation in my head. When I think about how I just sit in front of the mirror and look at my C-section scar, you know, and look at, you know, my body and just say the most awful things. Like my relationship to my body and to myself was just horrible, you know? And so um, I think, you know, coming out of that, obviously, and finding the light at the end of the tunnel and being able to start to work through that and set myself up in a better space in my mind to be able to be like, okay, maybe you're not where you want to be, but you also just had a baby this many months ago and, you know, it's okay. And it is completely normal to feel this way and stop comparing yourself to the 0.1%, you know, online that looks a certain way because they don't even actually look that way all the time. And, right. You know, they all these took things 250 are, pictures. Exactly. And edited them down to like, God knows what. And it's like, good for you. You do you. But, you know, when you are in that space of so vulnerable of your heart and your body and all those things, it's so feels so just detrimental and feels so like oh I, I I'm a loser I'm a I I had a C-section I'm a failure like that's I had the same same thing go on I labored and labored and labored and then yep. 
pulled me out. We're doing a C-section. And I cried because I oh, felt yeah, I stopped. like yep. a failure. Who cares? But in that moment, right? Your baby's there. They're healthy. healthy. healthy everything's fine. And, and, and it's easy to say that afterwards because everything's fine and you've, you know, hopefully moved on. But in the moment, it is. You feel like a failure. You had certain things in your mind that were right, things the that expectation of that Hollywood... Yep delivery, Courtney yep. Kardashian pulling her baby out herself, like that right, exactly. delivery. Yes. <laughs> right. And you have to realize that obviously everyone is different. Everyone's body is different. And every baby, I really truly believe, chooses their birth. Like when I look at Amelia now and I see how headstrong she is ah. as Aries, you know, and I see how she is, I'm like, oh, you really chose your birth. Like you were like, yeah, no, mom, I'm good. I'm not going to go that way. I'd like to exit a different way. You know, like we joke. I love it. Like, rest in the morning and we put like the shirt over her head she still freaks out and I'm like what do you have like trauma from trying to go down you know you know I mean (laughs) so you have to kind of laugh about it and give your you know and again give yourself so much grace and love and be like but this body carried and gave my baby this scar as my husband reminds me all the time was the door to Amelia Ray coming into our lives you know and I think that that's so important to constantly remind yourself that like, however your baby arrived here, like you just said, that's beautiful. And it is, you know? And um, I think that that's like something I really had to work through with my postpartum depression was changing the language, changing the love about myself, changing the negative things I was saying to positive things and really just learning how to handle that relationship with Allie. I think a lot of times as moms, we lose our identity. We don't want to oh, admit it. 100%. No matter yeah. how in tune or quote unquote selfish you right. are, of course you're going to lose yourself. Right. And, 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 and don't you feel like when you lose yourself, then of course the guilt sets in and everything else, but you also think to yourself, oh, but I couldn't be losing myself because I'm still me. Like, you know, I'm just a mom, but you don't realize like, but you just re- literally were reborn with your child. And now everything is so different for you. And emotionally, mentally, physically, everything has changed. Nothing will ever be the same again. And you have to like come to terms with that. And I think for me, I didn't know how to come to terms with that. And so instead of just, you know, trying to work through that, I then put myself into a heavy, of course, depression, but I also put myself in this just heavy negative space of like, how do I constantly talk down alley and how do I make myself feel worse than I should? And how do I, you know, constantly tell myself, oh, you're not good enough for this. So, oh, this isn't going to be that. And then you realize all the things you're telling yourself and all these stories and you say to yourself, those are just stories you're telling yourself. This is not true. This is all BS. And I think that, you know, when I went through my postpartum depression, that was something I really had to work through with so much of how do I rebuild Allie? Was there a lot of things maybe that I didn't deal with young as younger Allie? They're now coming oh, up please. to the surface, right? right? That's for everybody. Crazy? Right. Everyone who's listening to this could use therapy. Doesn't matter if you think you're right. like living your best life. There's mm-hmm. always stuff in our backgrounds and our family. Always, our yeah, no, like, because we don't deal with everything, especially no. as a society. We don't deal with everything. No, you just you take a pill. You take a right. pill and you right. you forge ahead. And that's why I was so thankful for CBD, to be honest, because it allowed me to continue to really kind of go deep and continue to work on myself and work through my, you know, my issues and the things I was really having trouble with, with my therapist and, you know, my postpartum specialist and all these different people in my life, instead of feeling like I was taking something and then kind of trying to have a conversation. It. You're not masking it. You like got right. it, did the right. work. I, 
I got in there and it was, and it was very hard. And I thought to everyone, it was not easy. It was very dark and it was so hard to go through the layers and layers and layers of myself. But I truly do believe it made me a, such a stronger person and oh, able to no get question. it together as a mother and as Allie. And I look back and I don't even recognize that Allie anymore, but it's like, I'm grateful because I'm like, wow, I'm so much stronger now. And I'm in such a different headspace. And of course, again, I still have my moments, but they're far and few between. And I feel like I, you know, of course, I don't know what's going to happen with the second baby girl. I am trying to set myself up. Obviously right now it's a little bit harder to set yourself up in a pandemic, but I'm trying very hard. You know, I, before all this happened, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with different therapists and postpartum specialists. I've had a lot of conversations with, you know, just different nannies as part-time help, you know, postpartum doulas, which I think is amazing that they exist now. Just all these different resources to try to set myself up that if I do get into that place or I start to feel like I'm out of control with having, you know, two little ones at home that I have. Right. Two under two. Yeah, two under two, you know, and I have some help and that it's totally okay to ask for help. Actually, it's like super important that you do, whether it be for your own mental or to help you, you know, actually physically with your family. And I'm trying to really set that intention for myself and set myself up that I have those resources. I allow myself already to experience those emotions of what it's going to be like so that I hopefully don't wind up in the place I was with Amelia. But if I do, hope then hopefully I'm able to take myself out way sooner than I was with her because I was so unaware and I was so also so close-minded to even getting help. Thank you. Thank you. Like so much love to you. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Like, thank you for sharing. So you guys, there's nothing wrong. There's no shame in your game. Therapy, pharmaceuticals, CBD, meditation, exercise, talk it out, work it out. Whatever works for you, right? It's like whatever Whatever. you subscribe to. Like I've had so many moms, you know, ever since I shared my story about postpartum depression that have said, well, what do I do? And I'm like, listen, I can only give you advice of what works for me and tell you it's okay to do whatever you need to do to to work for you. But you have to subscribe to whatever works for you. And only do the work. Yes. And do the work. Yes. And show up and do it. And only you know you. Nobody else knows you like you know you. And I think that was the biggest part for me going through postpartum depression was I really learned who I was. And I really had to like not only find her, but then love on her. And now I do love her at a whole new level, but it was like really, like you said, finding yourself and showing up and doing the work. Well, the awesome news is you are going to get to do this, you know, in a couple months, you're expecting your next baby girl. So let's be honest, what forbidden food are you most excited to chow down on? Oh my God. Well, wine, but I know it's not really a food, but like, no, are you, no, it's my, it's my top food group. I told my mom yesterday because she was texting me saying she's having a glass of wine. I was like, nice, mom. Must be nice. I'm like, have you pour yourself another one and have it for me because I can't have one right now, especially during this chaotic time. Like, I am missing my wine, okay? Like, like, I'm even missing. I haven't haven't smoked weed in like two and a half years, two and a half, three years now because of Uh breastfeeding and having a million. And I'm like missing that too. You know, it's like- I love it. I'm like, I'm like, you know, like, oh my God. I need sushi. I need right. joints. Exactly. I need some wine. Yes. yes. All the things, all the things, all the things. Um, I would say probably <laughs> sushi definitely is a, is, is a good one. I haven't been craving it as much in this pregnancy as I did with Amelia, but definitely love sushi. 
what else? What else? I mean, honestly, I've been eating so much with everything going on. So I feel like I'm kind of getting my fill in the food world, which is why I went to like wine and all the other, you know, beverages. things that not really good. We have beverages, you know, like a mojito sounds amazing. Oh. Um, I'm like, well, no, I'm just like, think one day we'll get to go to restaurants again I know. and order a cocktail. Hey, just sit there and order a cocktail and just sit there and sip it and be like, it like oh gives my God. me it gives me goosebumps just that, visioning this same. moment. I know I'm getting like little chills. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, I will send you alcohol as soon as possible. As soon Amazing. As birth announcement, <laughs> you will be receiving yes. alcohol from the east. <laughs> I gotcha, babe. I gotcha. I will I share. It. I will share all of my all of I my talk somewhere, right? <laughs> oh yeah. We'll get it there somehow. Amazing. It sounds so good to me. Uh, uh, I, uh, soon enough. All right. So you've ta- you mentioned Justin. We know he is definitely your partner in crime. You mentioned your mom. I want to talk about your grandma. I know she's the screensaver on your phone. Um, tell us why she is such a big influence in your life. Oh, sure. So as I said, my grandmother, you know, I named uh, Amelia after was her name. And my grandmother and I, we just were, you talk about, you know, thickest thieves and partner in crime. You know, we were just so close um, growing up. You know, I was really blessed that she was across the street when I was a baby, you know, when my, when my mom, you know, first had me. And so she would, my mom would tell me she would come over, you know, every morning and give me a bath before she go to work and help my mom and see me and then come back after work and feed me. And, you know, I think the bond started, you know, right from the get-go. You know, my mom told me that she'll never forget in the hospital that when, you know, I arrived and I was looking around, she said I was so bright-eyed and that they were like, wow, this baby's really like, you know, animated and looking around for being like She's brand new. Names. She is like right. large and in charge. Right. Exactly. I'm like, let's, let's, let's check these people out, you know? And my mom said, I locked eyes with her and I just really like looked at her and stared at her. And I just think we always had, you know, that bond. Just the um, connection. Yeah. The connection from And the, how from cool the is it that your mom noticed it? Yeah, you know, yeah, she just given well, birth to very, you. Very close with my grandmother, you know, her mom. And so I just think she she felt it, she noticed it, you know. And from the beginning, like I just remember even from being little, like all the things we would do together, the three of us, and all the special little shopping trips and going to lunch together. And as I got older, we just continued that. You know, it was like Nordstrom was our place. We'd always go to Nordstrom, you know, we'd always go to the cafe, you know, and sit at the cafe and get our lunch and go shopping and, you know, have our bags left there and, you know, all these fun little memories. And I just think like all Again, I'm getting goosebumps about just tell me more. Tell me more about going to a store. Oh, shopping. I know, right? Go to Nordstrom, go shopping, try some really <laughs> cute outfits on. I know. Seriously. What is this oh, you're, you're talking about? What? <laughs> right. Kids go shopping? What? Oh, I know. God. Seriously. But that was like, you know, that was one of our happy places. We all love fashion. So we all really shared that in common. I think that was also ingrained to me at a very young age was like the fashion and the glamour and all that and why I really truly fell into it. And then I think my grandmother and I, you know, we just really had that bond. Like I remember growing up, like I would go to her house for sleepovers and I would ask to, you know, go there and hang out with her and watch, you know, movies and TV shows together. And like, you know, Murder, She Wrote and I Love Lucy and all these oldies and goodies and, you know, Golden Girls and, and sit in our pajamas, eat Milano's and hang out. And, you know, it was like, 
that was our norm. That was what we did together, you know, all the time. And I just think that even, you know, when I was in high school, my friends would be like, oh, let's go to this party. And I would opt to go to my grandmother's house. And I'd be like, no, I'm going to go see Dodo is what I called her. You know, that was my, my special name for her <laughs> growing up that I was called her, you know, and it was like, no, I'm going to go see her and I'm going to go there and spend the night there and have fun with her. And, you know, I just think that we just had that special bond that I knew I could always go to her whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, you know, if I was in trouble, I would send my speeding tickets to her house. Ah, Dodo. Open your wallet, Dodo. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, anything I honestly, anything I wanted, she was just there for me. And she just really took care of me. It was like a second mom. And we just had such a special bond. And I swear, I get teary-eyed, but like there's moments where I look at my daughter and I swear I see like little bits of Dodo in her. And it's like, it's not like her looks or anything. There's just something about her soul and the way she presents herself to the world and little things. And the other day I was telling my husband, cause he, he loved my grandmother and he was very lucky to get to meet her at that time in our lives when she was still doing okay. And she passed a little bit after our wedding. So he got to spend some time with her, you know, earlier on and he knew the bond and he saw it and he loved her. And we were talking the other night and she was staring at a photo in our room and she was pointing and she oh. called my Mima for, you know, grandma. And she was like, Mima, mama, Dodo. And we've been teaching her that that's Dodo. But it's, it was so quick, like just chilling, like in such a special way to hear her like say it and then continue to say it and like point at her because you know, like your babies are around angels all the time because they've come, just come over. And I, in my heart, I truly believe that. And I feel like she's around her so much. And I feel like they are, they do have that special bond in some way. And so it just, you know, just like reconfirms for me like so much. And I just love that I named her Amelia because you know, when, when my grandmother was here, you know, physically on earth, I always told her growing up, you know, one day, you know, when I have my, you know, when I have my family and I have my first daughter, so I'm going to name her Amelia. You're going to live with me. Cause of course I thought she all right, right. forever, you know, you're going to live with me and you know, I'm going to paint your room purple. I had all these like, you know, plans and, you know, you're never going to leave and, me Dodo. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You in your purple room. Cause I need you exactly. on this side always. <laughs> Exactly. You know, it had all these Not plans. in a weird, creepy way, of course. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I had all these plans. And of course, you know, as you, when you're young, everything seems like it'll never end. I really believe that she was going to be, you know, around for all of that um, with Amelia. And so when, you know, we got pregnant back two years ago with Amelia, before we even knew we were having a girl, the minute I found out I was pregnant, I turned to Justin and I said, it's a girl. And he was like, whoa, you just found out you're pregnant. I'm like, you know, and I was like, no, I'm telling you, like, there's no way in hell my grandmother is sending down anything but a girl, at least for the first time, because right, I just right. knew our bond and I knew how strong it was. And I really do believe it continues if you allow it to, you know, on the other side. And sure enough, you know, when we found out our gender reveal was a girl, I was not surprised That's at all. Like, I knew. You knew it. Yes, spiritually, really? I knew. And I knew. And I told him, I said, and, and if I'm correct, we're naming her Amelia. And he was like, of course. Like, there was there was no question because he, you know, he knew. But, you know, I just think that that special bond for her and I have always been there. She always pushed me to do so much in fashion. She pushed me to go to Hollywood. She always was just in my corner, like, just do everything, live life. She really lived a full life. You know, even though I feel... Of course, whenever we lose people earlier on, we feel gypped, of course. But, you know, she really did live a full life. And she always really pushed that for others of just really living life, being kind to everyone, loving everyone, being compassionate and loving what your life looks like. And 
I'm really trying to like follow in that as well. Who doesn't want to live boldly and live their life and be kind and but how many people actually love. do, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. she just did, you know, it was like, I remember we were organizing everything for her wake and funeral and everything. It was like everybody, like even people only met her like twice. They were like, she had such an impact on me the minute, you know, I was around her and the way she was. And it's like, wow, like that's, you know, that's the kind of person, you know, you want to be you know, remembered like, you know, and she just, she just had so much love for life and love for everyone and family was such a matriarch to our family. And I just think that I was just so blessed to have that bond. And especially my mom and I and her to have that bond together, three generations and how special it was. And I always think back whenever something happens, it's like huge in my career, things that happen, I'm like, wow, she's really helping me and paving my way. And it's really like her pulling strings and her giving me strength. And, you know, and I really do believe I'm a very spiritual person. I really do believe in all of that. And when I think about my career and everything that's happened, I'm like, there are no, you know, mistakes. There are no, you know, even with the crazy Bravo show, I do believe she played a part in that. You know, I think she saw my life was very Hollywood and very chaotic. And I wasn't maybe finding, you know, like you said, finding yourself to ground yourself and just be. And I think she knew like I had to go through something like that. Right. To be stripped. We're going to take away your lashes and your nails. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Deal with it, woman. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's keep the, let's keep the goosebumps going and talking about fashion. What is your top tip for a new mom grappling with her new flabby Teletubby (laughs) postnatal body? So how do you style a mom to help her feel confident? Okay. I love you asked this question. So first off, I always say this to moms after you've had a baby. One, don't pack up all your maternity clothing right away. I think that's like one of the worst things that like, you know, people are giving advice of like, oh, you know, you'll bounce back in your jeans five, four weeks later. Uh, no, not everyone does at all. I personally think the bounce back in quotes is horrible. I don't even use it like in my own vocabulary because it's something that like made me go crazy when I was going through my postpartum depression. I had to change that conversation in my head. And so, you know, that being said, it's like you just said, like your body's, you know, maybe squishier, maybe, you know, you still have obviously that real sack from carrying the baby. I did. Uh, That's a great, that is the sack. You know, I call it the fupa. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's whatever you want to call it. Right? Yes. I had, I had a sack for like eight to nine, like eight to nine weeks after having her. And it was like, I would go out places and be like, oh my God, what do you do? And I wanted to smack it across the freaking face. First off, keep your maternity clothing because you don't know where you're going to be. You don't know what your birth's going to be like. You also don't know what's going to feel comfortable. Some fabrics are going to itch you and scratch you and bother you that you never would have been bothered by before. So again, you come into this new body, this new you know, journey, that being new person in motherhood, you don't know what your body's going to be like. So you have to lower your expectations and you need to keep you know, your maternity aside, because you may end up saying, you know what, that t-shirt is actually really comfortable. And I want to wear that right now while I'm just home covered in, you know, breast milk or formula or whatever, you know, food, poop, whatever, you know, while I'm with the baby, you know? And then the second thing is, is really find, I always tell people your mom uniform. And this continues after, you know, as you further, you know, get into like being a mom, but especially when you first have the baby, we all can't think about, you know, pretty much anything. We feel like everything is out of control. Um, you know, when we have a newborn, I remember the first three months looking at Justin, like, what the fuck did we do? Like, this is insane. Oh, I like, still think that. And my yes. oldest is 16. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> what did I do? What is happening? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, but you know, like, we, we would joke and say to each other, I feel like I went to war. I know I, I don't know what war is, but like that's how it feels. Like you're literally in the trenches and you're in the battlefield and it's crazy and you have to survive and they have to survive. And, you know, and it's like, okay, but 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 I also am trying to like handle myself and maybe get dressed and I can't even think about getting dressed. So that's why I say mom uniform. If you in your closet before you have the baby, just set yourself up. Of course, some people are more detailed than others, but just set yourself up for a basic uniform of like, these are my robes that I'm going to wearing and these are my comfy pants. And you know what I mean? And be realistic about like what you're going to be wearing, especially at home. You know, obviously some women go back to work and then they have to also figure out, you know, what that looks like. But for being at home as a brand new mom with your newborn baby find the things that are going to make you feel comfortable so that when you walk into your closet, there is no hopeful, there's no anxiety. There's no like daunting feeling of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to put on? It's just, there it is for me, whether it be- There it is, throw it on. Exactly, throw it on, don't think about it, move on, you know? And then of course, you know, same with like working moms. If you're getting ready to go back to work, like so many do, like I've helped moms and we figure out like, okay, so that pencil skirt is not comfortable right now because you did have a C-section and you don't want it grabbing you. So let's find the comfortable pants that look like trousers that could be, that don't have the annoying elastic that look, you know, look like nice pants that you could put a shirt over that's just like you know comfortable and chic and put a blazer over and feel confident still as put a mom, together less of a hot be, mess yeah, together exactly less of a hot mess but still be comfortable because i think that's the other thing too is like we as moms sacrifice our comfort so much in so many different ways and that also goes into our fashion and it's like that's all well and good when you're young and nothing's really bothering you and you're kind of just living your best life you know where i think about all the things i used to force myself to wear in my 20s i like didn't feel comfortable i'm like but i looked hot so whatever you know <laughs> but when you're older as a mom you know young mom older mom doesn't matter I think the mindset is the most important. And if you're not comfortable in your own skin and you're forcing yourself into something that doesn't feel good, but you're wearing it because you think that's what you should be wearing, that's not the right conversation for your mind or your or your body. It gives you a resting bitch face and then everyone thinks you're a mean right. person because you're uncomfortable and you can't breathe. Exactly, <laughs> right. And you're really uncomfortable with what you're wearing. But I always say like confidence is your best accessory. So if you don't start right. with what's on your body and make yourself feel comfortable, whether you're at home or in the office, you're setting yourself up for failure. So you have to find that mom uniform, whether it's for home or for work that works for you, that is comfortable. And that's why, like I use that example, like I helped a mom go back to corporate and she had a C-section. So it was like, find comfortable pants that like looked like nice trousers, but she felt like she was kind of in pajamas and like she didn't have an elastic and she could wear a long shirt over it to cover and then, you know, put a blazer over herself. So she put, put, put together. I had another mom who like maxis became, maxi dresses became her go-to because they were soft and easy and they're prints and fabrics and, you know, and she could wear that and add, you know, a lower or higher shoe and throw a jacket over it or a cardigan and feel put together, but not feel like overwhelmed. And I think that's the biggest thing with wardrobe, especially as a new mom, is find a place where you don't feel overwhelmed. Find a place in your wardrobe where it doesn't feel daunting. That's why I use the word uniform. Find your uniform 
Right. Whatever it's that not is a that lot of pieces. It sounds like it's right. very exactly. short. It's versatile. It's very simple. Yes. And you can expand it, obviously. And then, of course, again, you want to feel fabulous. You add, you know, accessories like certain shoe if you feel comfortable wearing it or, you know, things of that nature. You don't, you don't have to sacrifice your fashion. You just change it up and you find those things that make you feel good that work for your new body at that time. It's not going to be like that forever anyways. And you find what works in that moment. And then you just add fun accessories, maybe a fun, you know, colorful lip for a pop of color, you know, and you make yourself feel good within that cohesiveness. All right. So what are the hot new fads in fashion this spring? I want to play a game of do or don't. Okay. 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 So what are your thoughts on wearing sequins in the daytime? No. <laughs> unless you're going to like a party that you know really asks for that um or like a specific theme keep your sequins for when you see the sun go down okay so you're saying no sequins at the airport no sequins at the airport okay all right what about crop tops all right i have a love hate with crop tops to be honest because i've seen some be done really well okay and then i've seen some be done where it's like oh my gosh you're trying to look like you're 18. You're not 18. It's not even about the age. It's just, it doesn't flatter you. And I've had to have those conversations with some moms. Ooh, like, that's a tough one. That you're not hot, like, cause you are hot, but like what you're putting on your body right now does not make you look hot. You look squished and uncomfortable and you look like you're trying to be in another decade that doesn't exist. And you know what I mean? So it's like, I do love the crop top look if it's done correctly, like even myself before, you know, being pregnant, like, you know, I would wear crop tops and I would wear like high waisted pants with it. And then to me, like, you know, because of like the way the line is on your body and, you know, where it highlights and accentuates, like it looked really cute and it was very flattering. And I put like a blazer over it and, you know, come together. But so I've seen it put together like really nicely. And so if you do that, cool. But then I've seen it also where people are just like, oh, I was doing my crop top, you know, and my jeans are like basically like look like they're hanging off of me. And, you know, I think I look hot and I'm just like, wait, what? I don't care if you're 18 or you're 50, like that doesn't look hot, you know, in any way, shape or form. It does not flatter your body. So I really do have to say, I have a love hate with crop tops. Okay. What about bike shorts? Oh, bike shorts. I don't know why they became a trend to be oh, honest. Me neither. I, I just like, you know, a couple of celebrities wore them and then it was like, oh, hey, let's all wear them. You know, um, I, it's actually funny. My husband doesn't wear bike shorts, but he has these ridiculous oh shorts. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, he wears uh-huh. these ridiculous shorts, especially right now during this time. They're from like Amazon. You know, got them a bunch of colors. They're called silkies, you know, quote unquote. And they, they look Are you like sure they're not? Are they underwear? They're not. I checked. Like they're actual like shorts, but they but they are like bike shorts, maybe even shorter. And they're so short. And every time I like, go so funny, we we're FaceTiming for Amelia's birthday this past weekend. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, what is he wearing?" And I'm like, "Don't even ask. Don't even ask." I they're not underwear. I swear. I take no credit. Like nothing. I did not um, style him. Right. Exactly. I have to say that a lot. Um, you know, and um, I, you know, I, he's owning it. He, he loves it. I think it looks terrible, but I, I just don't know why they're a trend. I get that they're comfortable. I get it's like, you know, an easy way, I guess, to wear shorts and then kind of add in the athleisure. But I personally don't think they're flattering on anyone. I agree. All right. What about neons? Neons. Okay. It's so funny. Everyone asks me this question. So like we always went through a neon trend and it was like very much apparent that neons were being worn everywhere and you were seeing it on like everything. 
I'm not against neons when it's done tastefully. That constant, like kind of thrown in your face. It was like, okay, what are, where are we? Are we at a traffic light? Like what's happening? You know, it was a little bit much. Um, but now I'm okay with how you're seeing it in like details. I like pops of neon. If you want to do it in your lip color, you want to, you know, wear a cool shirt that has pops of neon color in it, a neon shoe, a cool, you know, neon necklace, you know, necklace that has neon colors, like, you know, a neon nail color. Like I'm all down for little pops of neon, but can we not look like we're maybe trying to stop traffic in our full outfit attire. That is where I draw the line. Do you feel like a hot pink sequin shirt with lime green bike shorts is not a do? (laughs) Not a do at all. No. And please don't go out of the house like that. We beg you, everyone listening. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for everything you shared today. You've accomplished so much and you are a true inspiration as a wife, a woman, a mom, an industry leader. And I feel really lucky to have had this conversation and I look forward to being an avid fangirl of your podcast. So what can we expect to hear on your stripped down podcast as we follow along on your journey? Thank you. Yes. And it was so much fun to be on your show. I love everything you're doing and sharing. Uh, so yeah, strip down, you'll continue to hear really real and raw journeys, um, you know, of mothers. Um, obviously it started out of my postpartum depression journey and I continue to always go back to that to remind people that's really where my real raw self kind of started and evolved, you will, and that vulnerability. And so I continue to really love to bring on those types of women to share their stories. Of course, you know, their own challenges and how much they're also killing it, you know, in their own motherhood game and everything they're doing in their entrepreneurship. Also so many amazing experts, especially at this time, I have a lot of different, really cool spiritual, um, you know, people have been coming on and um, people teaching meditation and just tools and different people to help us get through different times um, in our lives right now. And I just always want stripped down to be a place where people feel like they can laugh but also cry and be themselves and show up as their real raw self and be stripped, you know, uh, no pun intended, you know, and, and, you know, really be who they are. And I think a lot of times people feel they need permission. And I'm here to say that you don't need permission and you should always be yourself and you should always have the confidence to be yourself. And I know that's not always easy, but once you find that, once you find that harmony within your own self, you really don't care anymore. People think because you've, found that in your own space. And it happens for all of us at different times. But, you know, for for me, that's how I feel. And I feel and I feel so blessed to feel that way. So I really want to continue to share that um, with my audience. And then my social, you know, as you know, Irene, it's a very real and raw. It's momhood, it's fashion, it's everything going on. (laughs) It's the shit show of everything happening in my world. I mean, I pretty much show it all, not everything, but a very heavy part of it. Um, and I want it to be inspirational, you know, and real and raw for everyone that comes and, you know, finds me. I answer every single DM, um, even if it takes me some time. That's amazing. Thank That's you. Amazing. I love to connect with my audience. I love to help others, you know, and that, that share their stories and connect. So, you know, if you're listening, feel free, please DM me and say hello. Um, and yeah, you know, and I mean, listen, I'm just a hot mess like the rest of us. 
and you are truthful about it and you're here to inspire and be real and make a connection and make friends. And we're all in this together, especially we are, right the now. community, especially right now. And especially in motherhood, you know, it's like, I've learned that this mom tribe is, is no joke. And it is something not to take lightly because it is such a, in my opinion, grateful space to be in because it is such a support network and moms want to see other moms thrive. And I just think that's amazing. Well, thank you for joining Allie and me today. I hope we inspired you to put the me in mommy. You can find Allie on Instagram at Allie Levine Design, as well as on iTunes at her Stripped Down podcast. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at GetMom and check out my website, GetMom.com to learn more about how to get it together. For now, this is Erin, your biggest cheerleader, here to help you get it together, moms. And this podcast was recorded by Hanger Studios. Mm-hmm.